It's April 12th, 2020, and welcome to episode 33 of the Baby Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. I am exhausted. And Carrot. Not same, but hello. <laughs> and a special guest this time, Faku. How are you? Oh, doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you very much for coming. I think this will be quite interesting to talk with you both about what you've done and just sort of talk about the news with you here. So, Yeah, really looking forward to it. Awesome. Let's do it. There has been some news, uh, even though we only recorded a week ago. <laughs> I mean, we so we, we planned, we intended to record today because we knew that they were going to, that Wawa was going to air the Legend Metal Galaxy Night 1. Um, but almost immediately after we finished recording the last one, we got uh, the surprise YouTube streams of Tokyo Dome, Red Knight, and Black Knight, which was, I, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, Very pleasant surprise, even though it was for at six in the morning for me. Right. Yes. These were at eight at night in Japan, uh, which for me, it translated to 7 a.m. Um, Kevin, I guess for you, it was even worse. <laughs> yeah. 4? 4 a.m. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> three nights in a row 4 a.m we'll just staying up the all thing night is, that's what's funny is i i managed to stay up until about 4 30 and that's when i gave up and set an alarm for six yeah yeah so it was it was three days in a row basically of uh concerts starting with red night on april 10th and black night on april 11th and then this was sort of less public i suppose but then the legend metal metal galaxy and night one on wow wow so it was a pretty good build up to that and they've got to know that a lot of people you know a lot of us were gonna watch all three <laughs> so i don't know how much they cared so much about the international audience as far as the time goes <laughs> that's that's true but, <laughs> but yeah so they, they tweeted out a, a stay home stay metal message which you know it's i think that's pretty cool you know they're sort of acknowledging that everybody is stuck at home and they're trying to make everyone's life just a little better to a degree of success i would say i saw at its true first night seventy three thousand watching live on youtube and i think 700 something thousand last i checked on youtube oh like total, total after the fact total after views yeah. yeah um and i think it's worth mentioning now it is the 12th as we record uh the, the videos are private now so they weren't joking about they'll be up oh, for like a went, day they went private already wow okay. yeah okay. okay yeah i think the red red night video stayed a little longer than the 24 hours but uh yeah that's interesting but very cool they they i think they picked they picked exactly the right show to do that i agree oh absolutely so i assume all of us were there right <laughs> yeah well one of us was there physically i believe Oh, that's true. Yes, we we could talk a little bit with Faku about the the actual Tokyo Dome show. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the, it, like it was a big event on the Discord, and you know everybody was there, spamming the the chat channels, you know, typing lyrics along. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. But at and at the beginning of each night, there was a little you know Baby Bones Koba Metal intro, uh, talking about basically just you know everyone staying home and prepare yourselves to get sucked into the world of Baby Metal. Yeah. It was all, it was, it was computer rendered too, which is a little bizarre. <laughs> or at least just the mouth was. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, they had to, probably had to turn this around relatively quickly. Yeah. 
Oh, and they and actually the lead up the lead up I thought was actually quite cool. They had they tweeted uh, images of Sue Metal and Mo Metal wearing masks that they'd written "Stay Home, Stay Metal" on, mm-hmm. and Mo even put a little signature on hers. <laughs> so good. Twitter was insane too. Yeah, it was something I was kind of expecting for Fox Day, but they ended up doing it well a bit late, but it was pretty unexpected either way. Yeah, they like to subvert the expectation, right? Right. Totally. That's gold metal. I'm wondering if they chose to do this because their Fox Day plans got spoiled by COVID-19. Yeah, I would guess that. Um, but this is this is kind of the scale of something that we might have expected them to do. So I suppose so it's pretty impressive. I mean, like it's ultimately they took a couple of pictures and, you know, did a voiceover over um, yeah. a CGI video. I mean, like it, it wasn't a huge amount of preparation to make this work, but um but it was still a pretty big event. Mm-hmm. It got a lot of people together all at once. Yeah, Twitter was bonkers. Just about everybody in the fan base that I follow and know, we were all live tweeting during both nights. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think it was a it was a nice sort of community builder. It really was. And you know, the thing that I thought was like possibly the coolest was that the, all the commie band were also tweeting yeah. about it. Yeah. So Omar was like, you know, he was he was as bad as the chat room. You know, he was just like he'd just tweet how to bond, how to bond. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So um who was I'm trying to so Isao uh was watching and tweeting even though he wasn't even participating in the in the show on the uh-huh. TV or on YouTube. Bo and Omar were were some of the you know most sort of active ones. But uh yeah, Hideki stopped in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Hideki generally never tweets. So it was yeah. <laughs> it was just a short tweet, but a lot for him. But it really did make it feel like we were all like doing this at once. It was mm-hmm. it was a real shared experience. So Yeah, really I hope we do more of that or they do more of that because it was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it was I think that was a great idea. Um, you know, if they're if they're gonna do something and they can't actually physically go anywhere or anything like that, it's better than just selling a new thing. <laughs> This is, you know, I think this is a pretty good idea. So, coincidentally, I think they also timed it with the Blu-ray and DVD restocking on Osmart for Tokyo Dome. They may have, yeah, on the on the in the YouTube descriptions they have, yeah. uh, you know, links to Osmart where you can buy these things. Mm-hmm. One thing that I thought was notable, I mean, I think a number of people thought it was notable, is that they they kind of broke through the barrier of the new era. Right. You know, so they actively promoted this big event that is, you know, their old configuration and not their new configuration. You know, right. Uh, that is, Yui was there. Sure. <laughs> so, um, and you know, sort of thinking it through, I, I couldn't think of any better show for them to do, really. I mean, like Dark Knight Carnival and Legend S would both be kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones that are newer than that are still kind of, you know, commercial concerns in a way that they might not want to let them go. Tokyo Dome was such a highlight for me, at least, that I feel like that was a great one to show to broadcast across the world for everybody to see, even if they haven't heard of Baby Metal yet. It was a fantastic show. There's something to be said for the visual power of seeing all 55,000 people. If you're new or just stumbled across this, you know, I mean, you subconsciously see that many people and you're like, okay, this I should pay attention. They're kind of a big deal. It's good marketing. I bring up new fans because I did see, I think both nights we were twin um, stay home, stay metal, or was it just baby metal trending on Twitter? Uh, baby metal trended worldwide. Um, stay home has been trending worldwide for weeks. Um, I don't <laughs> oh, know. Yeah, that one. I don't know about stay <laughs> metal. I think it was just baby metal. I feel like that brought in 
at least a few new people to check out Baby Metal and the live streams. Yeah, I mean, trending worldwide is a big deal. Oh, yeah, there were a lot of people that looked. Yeah, even a lot of fans uh, I read saw these were their first shows that they saw at all. So it was really good. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the you know, I guess when we're talking about entire shows, the barrier, there is a kind of a barrier to seeing them. I mean, like, you know, they're expensive to buy. You have to kind of like know who to talk to to find the, mm-hmm. find them or, you know, or be diligent in looking around to try to find ones that you don't have to pay for. And they look, you know, less good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think only Legend S is rather cheap. When I released digitally, it was like four dollars or something like that. Like really cheap. The only one I remember. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Dome, I know you can get on digital iTunes and things like that. I don't remember how much it cost. Uh, I think it's like 15 bucks. Okay. That sounds, yeah, that sounds plausible. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, you know, in, in my, with the sort of skewed perspective I have on all this stuff, that sounds super cheap. <laughs> but, <laughs> but of course I understand yeah. that it isn't. I mean, having just paid, what, 230 bucks to have the form shipped to me, yeah, 15 bucks is pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was also it's true that it, you know all of this happened kind of right on the tail of of all the uh, um, you know the ones that's getting into people's hands mm-hmm. too. I guess we talked about that a bit last time. We but. did. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, this was this was a really pretty fun event, uh, and we didn't have much warning, and I, nobody I think really expected them to do that, but they they really did. They kind of acknowledged the world around them a little bit more than they often do. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we might, you know, while we're still talking about this, maybe we could talk a little bit about just the the show itself, because I don't know if we're ever actually really going to do a, like a deep dive on the Tokyo Dome show, except for now. Um, and we've all just recently seen it. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Faku, since you were there, you could, you could mention some of the things that, that, uh, well, like, where were you and, and what was it like actually going there? And I know you have some trivia about it as well. That is interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, they were actually my, my first shows, so uh, pretty big for me. Um, I was I, I was always in the upper bowl, but it was perfect just to see the magnitude of it. It was just amazing. Uh, these shows were by far, since I've been a fan, the most hyped shows. Since then, there hasn't been a show that was at that level of hype. I mean, they, the, the PR machine, they did so much publicity for the show. I mean, I think they tweeted at the very least 150 times. Wow. At the very least. No, it was daily. And a lot of them included pictures of the girls and, you know, showing the merch uh, just or just promoting the show. But yeah, it was spectacular, honestly. Was there ever a sense that, I don't know, maybe among the more experienced at the time fans that they were going to have trouble selling out 55,000 seats in Tokyo Dome for two nights? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that came up quite a few times. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, they they ended up. I don't remember if it sold out first or not, but it was initially just one night. It was supposed to be Red Night. It wasn't even called Red Night. Oh really? But then they were getting close to selling out, and they added Black Night, and then people were like, "What? You barely sold out? Well, we think right, fifty five thousand, and you're going to do it again?" And they did it. Yeah. Yeah. So just and ju- just for the just a note, I, I entered every single the one lottery and lost every single one. So clearly That's there was right. an end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I bought a free sale. 
<laughs> yeah, I wonder. So, you know, it seems like in looking back on it, this was planned, you know, this was planned very carefully that they played all of the songs across, you know, except for one across the, the two days. And I wonder, I wonder at one point that plan came to be because of course, you know, when back when there was only one night that was not on the table, <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad it worked out. Yeah. I, I imagine Koba knew, I imagine Koba knew, you know, it was like a, just a way to tease people and then re- release the other, the other one in case it doesn't sell out or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of like the, well, the Legend Metal Galaxy shows, they are called extra shows, but I'm sure they knew about it well before selling out the other shows. Sure. It would be so interesting to to really like see behind the scenes. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking that ever since, ever since I sort of started knowing that there was a behind the scenes, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, it must be pretty interesting to see what's happening with this band, Koba, whatever, Team Baymel, how they discuss all these things absolutely yeah definitely but so um i sort of feel like there are a number of things that you know that we all we all kind of know about the tokyo dome shows because we've just been following them for a long time but if you were somebody that's new somehow uh you know just saw the tokyo dome shows on youtube and somehow found this podcast (laughs) uh like what are what are some of the interesting things that that aren't evident immediately well uh well, first, obviously, it's immediately visible, but this was their lar- largest show since. Even since then, they haven't played anything even remotely close. Fifty-five thousand people per night. Um, I think they, yeah, they were the youngest performers when they played, I believe, uh, at the Tokyo Dome. Um, song. It was the the pro shot debut of Syncopation which right now we have, it's been played tons of times, but I remember people were very hyped to see that. Um, and that version was the first time that I ever even found out about it. That song even existed back in those days. Yeah, nice. Oh, wow. Before I found the Reddit or anything, <laughs> I stumbled across, what was it, Black Knight before anything else. Yeah, that's why Bay Metal is very difficult to find these things if you don't get into the fandom, because it's yeah. kind of hidden, I guess. If you don't jump head, head first into the rabbit hole. You miss some stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if you do, like, you know, if you do to like stick your head into the Discord or whatever, then like twenty-five people descend on you, telling you to watch Men Rock and all this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit overwhelming sometimes. But everybody wants to help. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just trying, you know, trying to get everyone to see the awesomeness of well. Med Rock and all the rest of the shows generally, but by the by, when I became a fan, there was a limited amount of shows, so it's like okay, you know, watch Budokan or mm-hmm. you got Legend ninety ninety seven, and it was like, like six shows that you can choose from. Now you have just an abundance, so it's very difficult to choose one. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree with Mel that this one, these the Tokyo Dome shows are probably the best in general terms yeah no they they really kind of went all out to to make this just spectacular i mean the stage is so huge um and the fact that they were up there <laughs> they actually like were you know in each each night played it up on the top 
One thing that, you know, that sort of tempers Tokyo Dome a little bit for me is just that uh, it, because it's so big, a lot of times they're they're far apart from each other. So it, it kind of, it changes the choreography a fair bit when, you know, they're each out on their own spike or whatever, coffin shaped. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, when the pro shot came out, I remember a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people didn't like it because it wasn't the choreography that fans are used to or you couldn't see it uh, all the girls at the same time or even the kami band you know so a lot of people actually didn't like it when really? it came out um like the, the the idea was it was epic to be there but maybe on the pro shot it doesn't translate well you know or some people all were the other way around so yeah it's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it was all for the pro shot and and you know half the time you couldn't see them <laughs> yeah well yeah. It, yeah even at the show if you were at the back or something you had just to watch the screen for 95 percent of the show i'd say because they wouldn't you just wouldn't see them yeah <laughs> so yeah just too big literally it is it is interesting that so a couple of things that the show is famous for um it's the only time that they played tale, tales of the destinies um, yeah which is such an amazing song i can i i always kind of feel like they must have spent about half the time half the total rehearsal time <laughs> on getting that right <laughs> but um and then um from dusk till dawn did not get played because it's not you know it's not on the japanese editions so yeah it, it technically it technically did get played over the speakers when people were exiting the venue both nights <laughs> oh interesting that was just a tease for fans yeah for japanese fans i guess huh yeah, I love that. Actually, I mean, I suppose everybody, for the most part, everybody there knew what it was they were hearing. But that is that is a real outlier song. Like I could I could imagine hearing that in a Kobo playlist and not actually comprehending that it's baby metal I'm listening to. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, another thing that that is pretty amusing is this way that they, you know, so the the, the arrangement of this whole thing is it's it's basically all around a stage in the, a huge stage in the middle. But so there's no, like, there's no way to get there. <laughs> um, and from what I understood, the, the commie van just kind of like walked over, right? Like from the side. Yeah. I don't remember, but uh, I probably when, when the lights went off, they probably uh, just walked there. They generally do that. Yeah. I guess they're, you know, they're relatively more public, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. But this story about how the, the girls actually got there is pretty hilarious. <laughs> This yes, is, I actually had no idea up until like earlier today when I saw it on Facebook. This is something I did not know. Real, really? Yeah, dead serious. <laughs> and something I never even thought about either. You pointed out there's no real way to get to the stage. That didn't click in my head either. But it all makes sense now. I mean, I suppose they could have you know, gone there four hours earlier and just hung out underneath the stage. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what I naturally assumed. But but anyway, yeah. So, Faco, did you see them? go in or did you just hear about afterwards how this uh transpired most of the stuff i heard yeah afterwards yeah i didn't i yeah i didn't see it at the time but i remember people applauding and it was just like why are people applauding and then later out i found out that yeah they were moving the boxes and everyone but for uh, when black night when it was black night uh, they already knew that the girls were inside the boxes <laughs> so they were just yeah. they were just like the staff just sort of rolled them out rolled them over <laughs> Down don't mind, so us. Funny. Don't mind us moving these big boxes for no reason <laughs> i would have loved to be a fly on the wall in that meeting because i gotta think that 
they didn't play they designed this whole incredible stage and then like the week of the show they're like how do we get them out there <laughs> that's exactly what happened to. <laughs> then somebody had the idea of putting them in these like hit boxes or whatever they were <laughs> yeah there was also i mean like the blu-ray has been cleaned up a bit right now so i know that there's some discussion about the audio you know having been been cleaned up to sort of solve for echoes and things like that um and actually probably i don't i don't know you know so i i've never really um attempted to listen to like fan cam audio or anything uh do you in fact do you know or, or anybody do you know like what what the alleged differences are i do not i know that they didn't show the um, sue metal slipping at the end but aside from that i'm unaware oh yeah no, i was going to get to that but i was thinking like just as far as <laughs> okay. the audio um yeah uh, yeah well i i actually when it released i was a bit that that was the part that was disappointed for me the the audio uh because it was i felt it was more processed which makes sense but uh, i felt that you couldn't feel just how big how big the audience was and uh, so that's why i generally tend to listen actually to the fan audio the bootleg recording because you, even though the audio is obviously worse quality you can actually hear the 55,000 people screaming and you know, shouting, you know, it's a, it's, it's a different experience. I'd say. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can hear the little mistakes visually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I suppose they did probably touch up a, a few things, but the, the, uh, the lack of audience is definitely one of the things that I've heard people be a little unhappy about, even if it was just mixed a little higher. <laughs> But that had kind of been a common complaint on Baby Metal Pro Shots up until what, maybe Legend S or maybe Big Fox, where they started bringing the crowd in more to the mix. Maybe. Yeah, Big Fox. I mean, Legend S has let the crowd is not super loud in Legend S either. There's there are places where I think they did bring it up enough so that you could hear when when UE's new metals parts were being covered. But um, but it's still pretty quiet. <laughs> Right, but it was still an improvement over, yeah, preceding concerts. But yeah, so then I guess some of the other um, the other things that got edited is you know there are many cameras flying around, and so they are able to select selectively show you certain things. So there were a couple of you know places where people were wiped out, <laughs> which you don't see on the on the show, but fan cams show. Well, and actually, also there's a, a place where you can actually see them ride the elevator if you look if you know where to look on the. Pro shot. Oh yeah, that, that's at the at the end of Black. I don't remember if it's at the start of Road uh, Resistance or at the end. But at the end of Black Knight, after IDZ ends, when they uh, when they're you know doing the We Are Bay Metal, and a shot of Hideki, you can actually see behind. You can see Yui laughing as she's going up the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. They did a pretty good job of making them disappear and reappear and stuff like that you know like suddenly they're out at the end of the stage arms and stuff <laughs> but also the i've heard a couple of speculations about what this what this was maybe it's like oil from the pyro or something like that but but those runways yeah. uh were apparently kind of slippery <laughs> um and you could really see that at the end of i think it was the, at the end of the second night um yeah they, it was like they were walking on ice or something i mean they were like you know when they were <laughs> out there doing the the we are's at the end i mean 
uh, they're hanging on to each other so they don't fall over and stuff. <laughs> um, but I think there were, you know, there were, there were some actual, the people actually did fall down. It's just that we don't see them on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Sue slipped. Uh, and, but yeah, no, that entire thing was cut out and yeah. Then the Yui and Moa coming from behind were like, Oh, be careful, you know, and trying to, you know, walk the uh, penguin walk, penguin walk. They just cut to the shot of the audience. And then actually a lot of people don't don't know, but when it ends, IDC ends and you know the commie come out to play at the very end of the show. Uh Leda comes out and slips also slips. He he falls with his knee uh, down to his knees. Oh really? I didn't know that. It's right before the shot of him just laughing because he's laughing because he just fell. (laughs) <laughs> no kidding. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the editing hides all that really well. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah. Would have never known otherwise. Yeah, I mean, even though they did touch up spots here and there, the, the fact that they made it through that is amazing. <laughs> because they don't, they, like, they, they were no, there were no second chances, you know. Right. <laughs> At least if with a lot of these shows, like Legend Us or whatever, a lot of them, if something went horribly wrong there's the other night that you can use. Well, yeah, it happened with Legend S. They gave me chocolate, I think. It was night one. It was completely Sue was out of sync, if I yeah. remember correctly. That's what I that's what I heard. I, I uh, don't think I ever heard it. Like, I haven't listened to the audio of it, but I remember that was the comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about there? Maybe. If, if, if somehow, if you have not seen this show, go see this show. <laughs> it's not hard to find. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was it was neat. I, you know, like I didn't even bother on the YouTube uh, chat box. I looked at it and it was just flying by as if <laughs> I mean, there was no chance of reading anything. No, it which is, is great. It was moving. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was moving along. That's the fun part. Yeah, uh, I can I can add a few things. If oh, you want. sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they released quite a few merch items for the show and you, mm-hmm. you can find the pictures uh, the girls post with uh, every single item, but the funniest item probably, well, they released uh, a pair of guitars. It wasn't for the show, but it was along with a PR push. And, but they also released a luggage uh, scooter <laughs> that has a built-in speaker. <laughs> yes. Huh. That was the funniest item. I, I don't remember how much it cost, but. So when you're traveling across the world to go see baby metal, so you're set. Yeah. backpack right there. All, all set up. No excuses now. Yep. Didn't it have a, like a charger in it and stuff too? It did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I it know. has a speaker. Yeah, Bluetooth speaker. I know one person who owns it and it's the most ridiculous thing I've seen. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I definitely would. I mean, it would be, it would, I've got a bunch of stuff. I can just put all my, all, all my 700 copies of Metal Galaxy into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, actually, people don't know this. This is very hidden, but if you search Smart's YouTube account, they actually do have a YouTube account. Koba appears in three videos showing how to use the scooter. I'm not even <laughs> oh. kidding. I am not kidding. I love that. You have to, That's you have to see right those there. videos. We'll have to dig those out for the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I have come across those before. Oh, but, he's already got them in the chat here. Yeah. That's those are um, yeah. One search. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the uh, uh, more unusual pieces of merch. 
you know, it was nice when they were actually, you know, like doing the, the photos with the stuff. Yeah, it was very, that's why it was, it was different to now, basically. It was more expected, but it was still pretty awesome that they were pushing out pictures every single week. And this was be, between shows. They were also playing shows and taking pictures for the shows themselves. So mm-hmm. it was just a very large PR push. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, last thing to add, I think, to the shows that I can remember is uh, the year, the following year in April, once they did, they released the album. They also did, they do this for all the big shows. They, they did at Tower Records. They had a display where they had, you know, pictures and also the, the, the actually Blu-ray set set, but they also had the costumes, the actual costumes that the girls wore. But evidently the staff members didn't realize that the colors are switched because they put (laughs) the red outfits, which are actually from black Knight, They put them in the red Knight display and then the gold ones in the black Knight. They switched them out a few hours later, but it was kind of funny that even they got confused at Koba's weird logic. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's actually how, that is that's exactly how I remember what is played what night. It's like yeah, I try to remember if they were wearing red, and then if they were, then it isn't red night. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, lastly, at that same. Uh, display that they had uh they were showing people uh, a vr version of the show Uh, actually yeah so that version exists somewhere koba has it in his hard drive or something so he has a 360 they put a camera in some seat and you can watch it as if you were there that is wild i mean you know and i suppose the cameras back then were slightly less good but still yeah it was still 2016 it doesn't matter for VR though, don't need a AK camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wonder all this stuff that all this footage. We are coming up on a tenth anniversary. I wonder if we'll, I wonder if we'll get any of it. Yeah, seriously. One can hope. Yeah, I have watched uh, the Tokyo Dome show many, many times, <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was still actually really fun to to do that to kind of just sit there and. Honestly, it was actually not so bad that it was at 7 a.m. for me because there's like nothing else happening. I mean, I can, I can just do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, okay. So so we had that, the the two, you know, April 10th and April 11th big YouTube stream events. Uh, and then that was followed this morning uh, as we're recording. Uh, the <laughs> airing of day, of day one of Legend Metal Galaxy on Wow Wow, uh, which was... An hour, uh, so they had to cut a couple things out. But we had many of us had our ways of watching it as it happened. So we were, you know, most of us were um, actually sort of like following along with that as well. So anyone want to sort of like talk us through any of that? And in the show notes, I've put a little list uh, so we can all see it of what the uh, the show, the songs were, the order was, the Avenger, and what was skipped. I will let somebody who wasn't there talk about it. Me, I was not there in order to watch it this morning. So oh, here we great. go. <laughs> yeah. Did you have you seen it since? I mean, like, um, did you watch it? I all? watched. I watched um, Night Night Burn this morning. Okay. A video of that. I didn't watch the whole thing yet, though. <laughs> um, started off with Future Metal and then went to Dada Dance with Momoko, and we kept Momoko for Elevator Girl, the Japanese version too. Um, normally we, we would have went into Shanty Shanty Shanty, but that was skipped. 
Um, instead, we cut straight to homage and I with a lore movie intro with um, Riho as the Avenger. Keeping Riho, they played Yava. Um, again with Riho, brand new day. Surprisingly, they skipped Gimme Chocolate. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I mean, of all of them to skip, I think that would be one of the preferred ones, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they brought out Kano for Megatsune um, and kept her through Night Night Burn along with the Japanese version of The One with an intro movie. Um, Road of Resistance, high population density version. as <laughs> High labeled population density version. <laughs> I, I, I had to read that out loud. I just, I, I'm, I'm giggling as I'm talking here. I wasn't actually expecting that to make it into the recording. But okay. I'm really glad it did. I, I, as, as I read it, there was no way I wasn't going to say that because that's, that's the best way to describe it. And then they played for a short ad for day two. The stuff they skipped, honestly, we didn't need another version of Shanti Shanti Shanti. That was, you know, um, and Gimme Chocolate, we've seen a million times. So I think they picked the right things to skip. Yeah, I'm glad they kept all the new songs on there. The screen was huge. Oh, yeah. Right? Giant. <laughs> I mean, indescribably large. <laughs> like, I thought IMAX screens were big. This is like four times that. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, the venue is very large and all flat so the people at the back they could probably barely see that screen i could imagine mm-hmm. yeah this was a, a pretty flat venue i don't know if there are does this venue actually have seats around the edges uh not around the edges in the very back they had the happy mosh okay. seating which was like bleacher seating so it did okay. raise because i was actually thinking that um you know was, so one of the things you know, they, they had a big diamond stage in a lot of the previous shows where they had the octagon and stuff like that, the thing that they stand on was also illuminated and, you know, could show show images and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas on this one, uh, it was pretty much just a static. Like, I don't think it was actually, I don't think it could show images. I think it was just a static, you know, um, uh, galaxy arc design that, that they stood on. Um, and I thought that was interesting. But then it, it occurred to me that nobody could see that i mean yeah. they were not, like the, the flying cameras could see that but like no no actual human there would be able to see their you know them standing on anything because it, it's just so flat and they're up in the air well you do yeah. see the top down in venue because they do use a lot of the same camera angles inside oh that's true yeah i guess so on the screen you would see right. the shot from above yeah okay uh kevin's famous now um <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a pretty pretty big shot of Kevin and Dada dance. Uh, wild. Middle My, of the screen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I mean, like, so if you ever meet them, they're going to recognize you. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> it's that guy. Um, you can also pretty easily make me out um, towards the end of uh, Road of Resistance. Ah, cool. Or in the call and response. Just because I'm huge and in the middle of the pit with my towel. <laughs> Very excellent. So, I mean, it was really cool to see. I had watched, uh, I had probably a couple of times the fan cam. I think there was there's pretty much like one fan cam from this show. Um, and I'd watched that a little bit, but uh, it's it was really nice to see, you know, the actual pro shot. It's, I'm, I like it a lot. The one, one observation I had was that you saw almost none of the commie band. I mean, like, uh, you certainly saw almost none of their heads. Uh, like, uh, very occasionally they would cut to a guitar, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, but, um, but yeah, I mean, 
it's amazing how infrequently they appeared. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of surprised by that because they made such a big deal about having both bands there and kind of making it about them in a way. I, I would have expected mm-hmm. to see a little bit more of them, but we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's always argued that uh, Wow Wow generally puts mo- the girls more in the highlight. And then in the official release, Koba gets in the Kavi band a bit more in there. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done the forensic work uh, on many of them. I I remember I did actually go through the Big Fox Festival, you know, for the places where they overlap. And that one is maybe not the best example of that though because it's because the comedy bands were pretty obvious in that and all the way through but i know wow wow actually also showed a lot more of uh, not a lot but where there were differences a lot of times it was wow wow was showing the audience where the blue air was showing the the stage so i think they're also trying to build up hype you know make it look like a big hype show more more than uh you know the baby metal team internal editors mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and it it does really seem that way Generally, um, sorry, I was going to comment on the fact that they included all three songs. I, I was thinking, you know, they're going to include maybe one, two to like hype up the product and make people buy it. But they played all three new songs and just skipped two songs, which we already got several times. I don't know how that works to get people to buy it, but I guess I'll sell it anyway. So. Yeah, I kind of wonder if, you know, really... Uh, there if there really are that many people who would have bought it but now but but then seeing wow wow change their mind i mean i suppose if they think it's terrible <laughs> but i mean like um, <laughs> otherwise it, the quality is good on if you get the you know direct stream from wow wow but it's the blu-ray still you know way better <laughs> so yeah i was really surprised by that oh yeah too. I totally agree and maybe it'll be cheap Maybe that's how they do, how they'll sell it. <laughs> yeah, do not expect that. No. Just just do not expect that. I can tell you, maybe three hundred dollars. I'd expect. So do you, I was around there. I don't know what to think about the possibility that this would be um, Tokyo Dome. I, I don't I don't really know the release schedule of that, but um, it is possible to get sort of like a pedestrian version of Tokyo Dome for not very much. You know, that's just the Blu-ray um, or Blu-rays, I guess. And same with Legend Us, you can get a you can get sort of like a a stripped down just the Blu-ray version. And I wonder if they'll do that with this. You can do that. Oh, you can do that with the forum too. Actually, I mean it doesn't exist yet, but there is a a non the one version. Ah, uh, yeah, only only in Japan, I think. But yeah, it exists. I'd expect them to release a non the one version for this one. It's it's pretty a pretty big shows, so I'd expect it. Yeah, and and you know at that point it's probably worth it you know even if you've seen the wow wow show but i i sometimes don't really know how to estimate how big of a segment of the audience we are you know because we who talk amongst ourselves you know we all have all the pro shots and you know we've we know how to find the wow wow stream and stuff like that but there's got to be a lot of people for whom the wow wow is kind of inaccessible oh for sure oh yeah totally yeah yeah a lot of people who don't yeah, try and find it or who don't like to mess around with, you know, copyright and all that. I know Japanese tend to be more less likely to pirate stuff or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah, they, most of them would buy it either way. It doesn't matter for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I guess one thing about this is that uh, 
to the extent people try to avoid spoilers, you know, I mean, there's there's not much left that's going to surprise us probably on night, the night one disc of Legend Metal Galaxy. <laughs> but <laughs> the photo book will be good. The photo book will be good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even the, the just the screenshots from this, this broadcast were amazing. Yeah. 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 Let's see. So this may be a little bit too focused to narrow a question, but when they played Dada Dance, there's there's kind of like a a guitar riff that goes into the song right like right before like right before the song really sort of kicks in and the note that was played at legend metal galaxy uh was not the note that is on my recording <laughs> it seems to me like it's an error but it made it into the wow wow show did anyone else notice this i would have to go back to the tape cuz it definitely so like i mean like i listened to this enough that like i know what the note ought to be and i think it's got to be an error i mean like it just sounds weird <laughs> hmm. but it is weird that they let it through too so but it's also kind of cool in a way that you know it's possible for there to be errors you said it's, the, it's the live. first note of dada dance no it's um i don't know how to how to isolate it but i think you'll hear it if you're listening for it it's it's basically maybe i can try to find it a little bit later but there's there's kind of like an intro section right before they you know they really start going um and it's basically just sort of like the last, the last note in a little guitar sequence. Huh. Anyway, yeah, I'll I'll see if I can figure <laughs> out a way to isolate it better. But I'm not hearing a whole lot of people saying, "Oh yeah, I heard that too." So yeah, it's not ringing a bell for <laughs> no. me. But I didn't really pay that much attention to it anyway. I kind of just accepted it as it was. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really one to see that stuff. I remember Dark Knight Carnival. People complained about the drummer apparently missed a lot of notes, and I was like. What are you talking about? It sounds the same to me. Uh, oh, were you there? Yeah, yeah, I was there. And people right after the show, like, I didn't like this new drummer. You know, he missed a lot of notes and I barely realized mm-hmm. or didn't realize it at all. Actually. Reportedly, they fixed it anyway in the in the one that you can buy. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what else. I think I had other sort of comments. Um, so what did we get that was new? Um Homage and I, that's probably the first one that we got that was new. Um, well, maybe we can go in order. Is there anything that we wanted to say about uh, Elevator Girl? Well, just that they played the Japanese version. The Japanese version is still better than the English version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all on the same page of that. <laughs> yep. As is appropriate. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I think it, it was, there wasn't anything particularly remarkable about it. It was good. I mean, of course. But uh, And then Homage and I, this was the debut of that song. And it had this, you know, this funny lore movie intro about the, the the metal, whatever it is, the metal warriors accidentally getting like under a spell that caused them to dance uncontrollably. Yeah. <laughs> and then their friends, you know, mocked them until they also fell under the spell. <laughs> Bonkers. Yeah, I love those intro videos. They're always so so much fun, honestly. It, it was yeah. something I didn't realize I missed. The, the kind of wacky song intro video. Yeah. Yeah. The whole the whole thing was just so goofy, but it was cool to be able to see it. I mean, like to really be able to, because um, I think the fan cam missed a little bit of it, and 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 they actually did a pretty good, nice job of just putting the video right on the screen. Like we didn't we didn't watch a screen showing the video; we just saw the video. Yes. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did pretty well for that. But yeah, yeah, I I hadn't seen any of the fan cams or anything, so this was all first experience for me. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah, there's some there's something to be said for that. <laughs> yeah, not not uh, kind of ruining it with 
suboptimal video and audio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess, you know, in the actual, you know, display that we saw in homage and I, there was, I, I found it, I would really love it. I know this isn't going to happen, but I would really love it if we got selectable angles <laughs> in some future shot, mm. uh, future pro, uh, pro shot thing, because, uh, there's a lot of stuff that there are things that happen on the screen. I mean, like I understand that the screen's abstract and you know, there's not that much that you really need to follow, but there are things that we, we know are on the screen from other shows that we couldn't see here. Like what Yoakum does when, when the, uh, like whatever it is, the elf or whatever is talking, <laughs> like we couldn't <laughs> see any of that. Uh, cause they were like focused on the people, which is fine. Cause like we want to be focused on the people, but you know, so there's a, there's a tension there that we can't both see the people and the screen. And the screen is also, a little bit behind um in order to account account for like the sound of speed uh, the speed of sound <laughs> that is um and uh so it's it always looks a little strange if you if you can see them and the screen because because they're not quite in sync so i think that also contributes to like you're not getting quite the experience that you would have had if you were there <laughs> by watching the blu-ray mm -hmm. so all right yeah that's that was my only my only sort of like wish there is like i wish i could see more like i wish i could see more of the stuff that's happening happening simultaneously but it was edited pretty well i think otherwise yeah so it was okay I'm just, <laughs> well i don't know there's the the whole modern modernism in editing is quick cuts to be exciting and keep pace and things like that and you never really get to digest what's going on mm -hmm. i would like longer takes and longer cuts yeah i agree because uh, it was cut a bit too quickly sometimes. Mm -hmm. I remember in, well, imagine I think it, they, they showed uh, a shot of a crowd. There, there was a, a bunch of people in a circle doing the same, you know, dance. Mm -hmm. And they showed it, I think, for like less than a tenth of a second. It was yeah, impossible it was like five, to see. It was like six frames. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I caught it too, um, on the, like maybe on the <laughs> second viewing, but, and I think it was cool, <laughs> but it's true that you really have to be like, most people will not see that unless they happened, you know, not to look away at that mm -hmm. moment. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we did get a really, I think a quite good view of the new choreography too. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's, it's still such good. a funny thing. It's still good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still love it. It's fun to watch. I, I just wish we got longer cuts. Mm-hmm. Or more time between cuts. Yeah, at least for me personally, they they did it again. The same thing that happened with a lot of people with Meta Taro, like back mm -hmm. in 2016. A lot of people were like, look, I don't like this song. I don't know, it doesn't feel right. And then you see it live, and it's you know a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I was the same way about Omajinai. I was kind of like, look, it sounds fun, but it's very repetitive and whatnot. And then. I mean, I, I saw it live. This was the first time I was seeing it live. And uh, I was just blown away. I was like, hell yeah, I want to be there. I want to be there just dancing, <laughs> shouting. I want to, yeah, it seems so much fun. Just that. And that's what Vaymel should be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it is such a simple little song. It is. I mean, like, I still kind of feel like when I hear it on the album, like I, I can still, I can still get that they're not really taking this seriously. Like this is kind of like a goofy fun song, but I mean that that shines through very strongly when you're seeing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, just I mean, like you know, the choreography is good and whatever, but it's silly. I mean, they're they it's just silly. <laughs> it's also Sue's favorite song from the album, I think, mm -hmm. isn't it? She said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she um, said that. And you know, it's. 
uh, it seemed a little incomprehensible to me until, until you see them actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. She must've had just a blast learning, learning that choreography. You can tell they're having so much fun. Yeah. I thought this was going to go quickly. I don't know why I thought that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, so after that, we had Java. Um, I don't think I have a whole lot to say about that, except that I did. I do think that um, it was interesting. It was interesting because it does feel it feels a little different. I I can't quite put my finger on what how it feels different, but it's it's sort of like they grew up, you know, Mm -hmm. a little bit like the, the choreography is it's like their movements are bigger or something. We, we, we can see sort of more what they intend. Um, it's kind of more precise, but it's not, it's not the same kind of like UE metal choreography <laughs> either. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how to talk, how to, how to think about it, but I just sort of felt like I, I understood better, like the message it was trying to communicate hmm. than I did in older shows. Interesting. Oh. So, otherwise, I mean, that's, it's the song we know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch it you know, well enough to, be able to compare really so uh, maybe right i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah uh you know I, I wasn't paying that much attention to it but it did sort of strike me that it was you know somehow i was really feeling it a little bit differently but okay so then the the sort of like you know the next big highlight is brand new day which was the the introduction to this and uh so it started off with this this kind of like calm intro music that to me, you know, and I assume this was kind of the idea, it kind of evokes the idea of like the sunrise, you know, and dawn and stuff. It's sort of like blue and calm and little little hints of the these little bits of music that they sprinkle in. You know, it's it's not it's just kind of hinting at the coming song. But that was super effective, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew what was coming, but you could still you could still sort of like see how they built to it. I kind of wish we had that on the, the recorded album, actually. I'll probably listen to the C D version of this as soon as such a thing exists. Sure. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyone else want to sort of like talk about Brand New Day? That one I think it's got some of the biggest differences in the choreography. I have not seen the Wow Wow of Brand New Day yet. I like I said, I just saw mm-hmm. um, Night Night Burn like ten minutes before getting on here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm as soon as I get off here. I'm gonna it's the first thing I'm doing. Okay. The only thing I remember clearly was that it was a bit dark. That's the only thing I, I saw a few people complain that you couldn't see everything well because it would, the whole uh, the, the screen was dark and the lights were pretty much dim, so you didn't see much. Yeah, I, I sort of took that to be an intentional artistic choice. Like it, it seemed like they were really going for a lot of sort of silhouette work, mm-hmm. you know. So, so there was light behind them and there was not light on them so mostly what you were seeing is their their outlines doing these things kind of kind of like what we saw in like catch me if you can at wembley right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly it was obviously chosen to, to be like this but uh, yeah just a, a few people wanted to see the the choreography better and well it was a bit difficult but i imagine we'll we'll get one another chance mm-hmm. i hope so i hope these aren't one-offs I found the choreography was really interesting. Um, like, I think as we as we continue through this show, it gets more and more unlike their prior choreography. So, <laughs> so I mean, um, homage and I, you know, it was goofy. It was funny. Um, Brand new days was a little bit more. What did I write? It's quite sway. It's it's sort of like it's very sort of smooth, constant curved movements mm-hmm. that they make that's that's relatively different one of the things i really kind of liked about it is that um 
there's a, a number of places where it's not really just like Sue does something and then the other two do something in sync, but but that they really just go in sequence, doing whatever it is. I mean, like they, you know, it's really it's really three events in a row. Um, mm-hmm. That looks looks really nice, and you know they did that a little bit in like Doki Doki Morning and stuff, but um, it's another level here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I saw the same thing. They were doing more things all together instead of generally previously Yui and Moa, and then Sue doing a completely different thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, now they all together they did the same thing generally. So I like it. It's you know it's it's interesting to see this development. <laughs> anyway, it's I mean you know it's. I don't know if there's much more that I wanted to say about that either, but um, but I really like it. <laughs> okay, we can move on, I guess. Um, the the next thing, so they skipped. This is the place where they skipped Gimme Chocolate. Don't know why, but um, you know, whatever they 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 managed to cram everything in the amount of time they had. So um, they did not skip Mugitsune. Um, at this point, we switched to Kano. Um, I didn't have much to say about this really. The the stage came out. The stage was out in the middle, um, and we did not get any any indication of what the hango was but uh but kano you know <laughs> cracked up she enjoyed it anyway you know it was fun you know song or whatever but uh then night night burn is probably the well there's something to say about all of these coming coming ones <laughs> but um so night night burn first time we've ever seen it um this one has exceptionally weird choreography for them i think <laughs> Okay, is it would it be right to describe some of like a lot of their hand movements as finger guns? Because that's what I've envisioned them as. Like half the song, I felt like they're making finger guns everywhere in the sky. I thought the same exact thing. The same exact thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think whether they're supposed to represent guns or not, I don't know. But well, but yeah, if you but, were asked to make a finger gun, it would look like that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but and and a lot of this kind of like you know, I don't even know what to. I don't know how to describe the kind of like, dancing it is, but this this kind of like, you know, raised hand clapping kind of salsa? movements and stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't know anything about dancing, but in my head, that's what I'd call it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a very, very sort of Latin-influenced dance in a way that that uh, is unlike anything else that they do. I thought it was, uh, what I wrote in, in my little notes about this was that I thought it was kind of freer, you know, like like they, they're just, it's looser in some way. They're still in sync with each other but but the movements are kind of looser really interesting well yeah Mo had commented a bit i think in an interview that she was saying that uh the all the choreography is changing quite a lot because they're more grown ups or their stuff they well one they can't do anymore but they also want to change the style to be more ad- adults like mm-hmm. that's what she she said yeah and I, so it makes sense I bet the, I bet they have a blast doing this too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, it seems so much fun. Honestly, I think I said when when we talked about the show when I got back from it, whatever episode that was, that this was my favorite new choreography by by a wide margin. And it, I, I hope you see why. It's really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think I'm on that boat too of liking it a lot. I've only watched it once, and it resonated with me quite a bit even though i don't really like the overpowering sound effects of drums over top of the real drums you can't hear but <laughs> the dancing was cool choreography was fantastic i should say rather mm-hmm. and you know this is this is that song that we you know we know about from this album that is ancient as far as right. the, like composition goes but um it clearly wouldn't have looked like this if it had come out you know with magitsune <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting thought experiment to think of how this would have been choreographed when they were much younger. 
I, I, I still, you know, again, I would love to know the behind the scenes stuff, but I still kind of wonder, you know, how much of this really did exist before. I mean, like the idea, mm-hmm. some, some part of it existed back then, but it may well, you know, not sound anything like yeah. what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we should, we should keep going here because uh, uh, there's other stuff we wanted to talk about too. <laughs> um, uh, so after Night Night Burn, uh, we got the one. Um, I think the most uh, kind of notable thing about this is that it was the Japanese version and I really don't know when the last time was that they performed it. Does anyone know when that, when the, when the last Japanese version was performed? The music video? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm just checking. I don't know if it's, I think it's right. The ultimate fan spreadsheet says the last time it was played at the Japanese version was Yokohama arena 2015. Yeah, so, that sounds okay. Yeah, plausible. That seems plausible. The, w- so when it debuted, I was going to say so, yeah. the music video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's when they were floating around on the triangle, in right? the big triangle. Yeah, the pyramid. Yeah, because then they used the the unfinished version. Then they they played the English version, and then the this mixed yep. version, right? Which is mostly English. Yeah, that I really liked a lot, actually, because I have always found the English lyrics to be just a little bit clumsy mm. and so i like the japanese ones because i trust them not to be <laughs> <laughs> i noticed that uh omura was using mikio's guitar at this point um mm-hmm. and a little earlier i had noticed that it was you know the, the sort of regular pink chan guitar so so it was actually switched in um, yes and their costumes were their costumes were un- more understated than they have in the past been. So they weren't just wearing these like rain ponchos or whatever, <laughs> um, but they actually had like just sort of like little kind of subtle capes, which is good. That's a step in the right direction, I believe. <laughs> you need no trash bags this time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if other people noticed this or not, but listen at the very end of the song because um, the the guitar does this funny sort of like. It's a very sort of uncharacteristic Western sounding little bluesy end. Yeah, I did notice that. Just further evidence that they're playing it. <laughs> they're goofing around. Yep. Okay. Anyway, and then the, the you know, sort of last big event. Uh, we, you know, we heard about this when Kevin came back, but uh, we had Road of Resistance, which came with a, a little movie at the beginning with the light warriors and the dark warriors, you know, uh, in conflict over the land of the rising sun or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and I didn't notice this until, until I was watching it, but, um, that the Kami of the East were in their white robes and the Kami of the West were in like the dark black, you know, mm-hmm. robes that they were wearing in concerts. But so they had, you know, this massive, <laughs> uh, road of resistance show with all the Avengers, all, you know, they all had the flags. They had, uh, all the Kami arranged on the different sides and two different drum sets. Amazing. It's the go-to. Yeah. It's the definitive. If you're going to show somebody this song, show them this version. Yeah, now it's become the definitive Roto Resistance edition. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> Pretty much. I still, I, I think I'm going to have to see it a few more times before it uh, stops looking a little weird. <laughs> having <laughs> having so many people do it up there, you know, this running around and stuff. But um, it's it's a very different thing from Dark Knight Carnival because we know all the people like you know yeah. we know we know all of these people and they're all having a blast and it, you know during the sort of call and, well not a, i don't know if it's exactly call and response but when they're when they're sort of like addressing the audience you know they're also interacting with each other in funny mm-hmm. ways and stuff and in the process the little diamond went out into the middle of the crowd and we have the the thing that we're sort of 
almost expecting from Road of Resistance, where the audience gets a chance to kind of acapella sing the whoa, whoa, whoa part. Mm -hmm. But unlike in some of the previous ones, Sue uh, or, you know, like the, whoever planned this did not give the audience enough time to get out of sync, <laughs> which is good because uh, audiences are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they came back and uh, they did the, the We Are thing, uh, which involved them running down each of these little catwalks that we heard about, you know, out there. And they went back to the center and they went out to the other catwalk and went back to the center and, you know, through this entire like two minute period, the commie band's just like, you know, banging away and doodling around and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They could have fit another song in probably if they did less of that, but anyway. Well, having been there, I can tell you that it was really pretty special and pretty cool to have them run down those runways and give interaction. Oh yeah. No, that, that's one thing that's cool about that is that I was noticing that they really could get pretty close to most yeah, of the it, audience. That way. It was, I, I don't know. I'm, Maybe the closest I've seen them get to a large venue audience. Yeah, and they and they seem to be really like you know connecting with people. Too. Yeah, they were they were super into it. It was awesome. Yeah. So I disagree. They should have kept it the way it is. <laughs> I should qualify. What I meant more was Wow Wow could have shown less of that um, and gotten another song in. Maybe. I think they should have done it in actual life. <laughs> but I don't really find myself missing "Give Me Chocolate" right. or "Shanti" though. True. I yeah. guess that's true. That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> uh, okay. I think we made it through this. Um, we got a very small little ad for the, the next, you know, day two. Day two is May 17th. So it's, you know, there's plenty of time to wait for that. Um, yeah. I don't think I have much more to say about that. Okay. So now I, I, I guess we sort of, we, we face, we face a question. I think this has been this has been really interesting to talk about all this stuff. Um, and there's equally interesting stuff that I would like to talk to you about um, relating to just all of the all of the astounding data gathering and stuff that you've been doing, data gathering and presenting. And I don't want to rush through it. Okay, so let's let's plan on that. So we'll we'll say uh, we'll come back in the next episode and we'll talk in actual detail about all of the various spreadsheets and websites and uh, just history that uh, that FACU has helped us understand. Awesome. Yeah, let's do that. So thank you. Uh, thank you for hanging out here. No, thank you for having me. Okay. And that's it for this episode. You can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in about a week, and we hope you'll join us then. And until then, see you.